the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager with you. You won't be surprised when I inform you that the Merriam-Webster Dictionary has changed the definition of female. We live in a world that Orwell predicted, but would even surprise Orwell. Merriam-Webster Online is from National Review. Online Dictionary has caved to the trans agenda. In order to appease woke activists, the dictionary publisher has added a secondary definition of female that defines the term as, quote, having a gender identity that is the opposite of male. However, given that the current state of affairs is that there is no definition to either male nor female, both are what one feels one is, therefore it doesn't mean anything. You can't be the opposite of something that doesn't have an objective definition. How could female be the opposite of male if male is merely the opposite of female and neither has a definition? By the way, it's worth noting that the entire trans notion is in complete opposition to the non-binary notion. If you are if you are switching over to the other sex, you are acknowledging that the other sex exists. So it's very binary. In fact, there is no one more binary in their thinking than the trans. Otherwise, if there's no difference between male and female, why not simply stay what you are biologically? Nobody is as convinced of the massive difference between male and female as a trans person. They have changed their life on the basis of their belief, their certitude, that there is something different between male and female. However, that is uh, irrelevant because the entire foundation is emotional and what I just said is rational. The key term here is gender identity, which demonstrates that Merriam-Webster maintains that gender is not directly connected to sex. A female is a woman. Trans-identifying males are not female. However, according to trans activists, men can be women. This is not the only part of the definition that has changed in the online edition of Merriam-Webster. Notice the primary definition of female of relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs. In Merriam-Webster's 10th edition, the dictionary defines the noun female as, quote, of relating to or being the sex that bears young or produces eggs. All right, that was the previous edition of relating to or being the sex that bears young or produces eggs. 
Now it is of relating to or being the sex that typically has the capacity to bear young or produce eggs. The change in the online addition to include the phrase typically has the capacity shows Merriam-Webster's attempt to include trans-identifying males in the definition of female. While this phrase may refer to women who cannot bear children due to infertility, given their nod to gender, given their nod to gender identity in defining the word female, it is most likely another way to appease the trans community. It's really not the trans community that is the issue. It is the non-trans community of leftists who are assaulting the foundations of objective truth. They already killed the foundations of objective morality. Objective truth follows objective morality. When I opposed changing the definition of marriage from male and female to male, male, and female, female, I made it clear every single time that it had nothing to do with being anti-gay. It had everything to do with the arguments leading inevitably to what we are beholding today. My argument, one of my major, if not my major argument was, the argument of proponents of gay marriage, same-sex marriage, was that gender doesn't matter. And I said, if gender doesn't matter, we're on a very, very steep slope to chaos. Gender doesn't matter is not true. And now you see the results. If gender doesn't matter, then gender doesn't exist. Everything that exists matters. A mosquito in your house matters because it exists. If it exists, it matters. It may not matter to you, but it, by definition, matter matters. There you go. It's a good bumper sticker. Matter matters. Ironically, the kid's definition of the adjective female in the online edition remains the original one of relating to or being the sex that bears young or lays eggs. We are at a point when the children's definition of a word is the real definition, while the adult definition is politicized nonsense. The insanity continues. The left understands the importance of controlling language. Once one controls language, one can shift the culture to one's will. There's no end in sight until a major cultural shift takes place that dispels the commonly held misconception that men can turn into women and vice versa. Well, there you go. I, I, I was awaiting the definition change. That was, uh, that was inevitable. All right, my friends. Fascinating interview yesterday. If you missed it, professor of astrophysics at UC San Diego, Brian Keating, was the guest. He's done some PragerU videos. And I asked him about the telescope that currently sees to just, I think, within, I forgot the, 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 the actual number, but within hundreds of millions of years, less than a billion years, which is very, very close to the origins of the universe. What will we see if we can get a telescope to see that far back in time? You do realize, I'm just going to say this for the handful of you who just don't know this, but I just assume most everybody does, Light, obviously, travels. It travels at very fast speed, 186,000 miles per second. And therefore, when you see light from the heavens, from the stars, from galaxies, etc., that light was actually emitted a while ago. This, the light from the sun, I think, is 10 minutes ago. 
takes 10 minutes, I think, or so. So when you go back, you're really seeing the past, which is a funny thing to think. You are seeing the past when you look up and see light from the the sky, from outer space, wherever. And obviously, if you look far away enough, you will ultimately get to what is presumed to be the origins of the universe. What would we see? That's that's great stuff. Apparently, there's very little today to argue against a beginning to the universe. My whole life, I was told by atheists that there was no beginning. The universe was always in existence. The idea of a beginning to the universe on purely rational grounds suggests somebody began it. We return. Rising interest rates, stock volatility, out-of-control inflation. People are concerned about what the future holds financially. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's no better time than the present to move a portion of your IRA into precious metals. Gold and silver IRAs are more popular than ever, and dealers are advertising heavily for your business. You should know there's a right and a wrong way to set up your precious metals IRA. Mistakes could cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars in IRS fines. Nick Grovich man I completely trust, owner of AmFed Coin and Bullion, has agreed to send you a concise report about how to set up your IRA and how to get the best bang for your buck. Nick and his team will be happy to help you set up your precious metals IRA or review your current account. Call AmFed Coin and Bullion, 800-221-7694 for your free IRA report and all your precious metals needs. AmericanFederal.com, that's AmericanFederal.com. Hi, everybody. A number of years ago, my wife and I went to Monticello. I don't. I still don't know if it's Monticello or Monticello. Cello is an instrument. That's not a question. But is the name of the place Monticello? Sean, you want to look that up? Put in Monticello, Monticello, and see how they pronounce it. My whole life I have been in doubt on this. Maybe both are right. Uh, Anyway, that's where Jefferson lived. And it's a beautiful place to tour. One of the founders of the freest country in the history of the world. And you go there, and now it's primarily about his being a slave owner and about slavery. Remember, anything the left touches, it ruins everything. Anything and everything. Once preserved, I'm reading to you from the New York Post, Once preserved as a tribute to the author of the Declaration of Independence, by the way, when we were there, I don't remember, what is it, five years ago, seven years ago, it was already drifting towards a non-celebration of the life of a great man. A great man who had a moral flaw of owning slaves. Okay, it's Italian in origin, so it is cello. Thank you, thank you. It was already drifting. Yes, he owned slaves. Slavery is an evil. Let me remind you that you judge people in their time, not by our time. It is the part of the staggering hubris. It transcends arrogance. It is arrogance squared or cubed. To judge people in the past by the standards of today. Shall we dismiss the the patriarchs of the Bible because they had more than one wife? Or King Solomon? That, that was what was practiced in that day. You judge people 
by their behavior in that day. That, that is what you do. That is not what they do. They really believe, that is the they being leftists, that they are the finest human beings who ever lived. Because everyone who lived before them engaged in some practice that they would find offensive today. It is not new. I grew up with the baby boomers, one of whose mottos was never trust anyone over 30. Same thing. We are great. Those who preceded us are a-holes. Varying degrees of asininity. That is how these people, the know-nothings of our time, leftists, they're know-nothings with PhDs. But so what? Once preserved as a tribute to the author of the Declaration of Independence, Monticello now offers visitors a harangue on the horrors of slavery. Quote, The whole thing has the feel of propaganda and manipulation. Jeffrey Tucker, founder of the libertarian Brownstone Institute and a recent visitor, told the Post, People on my tour seemed sad and demoralized. I would advocate that you not go to Monticello at this time. If they have no visitors, that would be the most, one of the most effective responses. Another possible response is to argue with the person. I did. I argued with the person who guided us. It was useless, of course. You, you sort of are taken on a tour by a, a robot a programmed robot, programmed to say moral inanities, to crap on Jefferson and indeed America. Visitors have noticed Thomas Jefferson's Monticello has transformed to a slavery exhibit criticizing the founding father. Visitors are encouraged to question President Thomas Jefferson's Declaration of Independence at Monticello. Last year, a Jefferson statue was unceremoniously booted from the New York City Council's chamber, where it had stood for 187 years. A place card about Thomas Jefferson's horse carriage describes how enslaved people traveled with the founding father. On a visit this week, the Post found, this is the New York Post, the grievance has become the predominant theme at Monticello. From the ticket booth to the, in the visitor center, decorated with a contemporary painting of Jefferson's weeping slaves, to its final gift shop display. The ticket booth has a contemporary painting of Jefferson's weeping slaves. Mm-hmm. That is the whole of the man, W-H-O-L-A. He had weeping slaves. There is nothing else to report, basically, because the idea that he founded the freest country in history means nothing to a leftist for whom freedom is not a value. So there's nothing to commend Jefferson for. A grim modern painting of a faceless figure with a matte black head now looms over the room, positioned so that it directly confronts visitors as they enter the mansion. It's a four-foot by five-foot work. I'll describe it when we come back. The Dennis Prager Show. Towels just don't seem to dry you anymore. They feel soft and lotiony in the store, but you get them home and they don't absorb. Well, Mike Lindell at My Pillow found that out around 2006, and towels changed forever. He found the best towel company right here in the USA. They have proprietary technology to create towels that feel soft but actually work, and that happens to be true. I use them. They are all made with USA cotton, and they come with the MyPillow 60-day money-back guarantee. Six-piece set, two bath, two hand towels, two washcloths. Regularly $109.99, now $39.99. 
Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the new radio listener specials and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the towels, by entering the promo code PRAGER. Or call 800-761-6302 for these great radio specials. MyPillow.com, promo code PRAGER. It's the male-female hour on the Dennis Prager Show, the second hour. Every Wednesday. The most honest talk I know of in the media about men and women. Part of the reason is I don't shy away from any topic, including sex. Another reason is that I am neither a man fan nor a woman fan. I am a good person fan. It seems that for for every male fool, there's a female fool. It's too bad that they don't marry one another because a lot of times one is not a fool but ends up marrying one. (laughs) Anyway, that's another issue for another time. This week I read to you a couple of studies or articles about studies about the unprecedented and I've been reading to you about this for quite some time. The unprecedented amount of mental illness, or if that is too strong a term, psychological issues that women are experiencing. So I'd like to ask you, since I'm a big believer in collective wisdom, I'd like to ask you, What do you think is going on here, especially with young women? Why are so many young women, I think the word disturbed is is a fair one. Why do you think that is? I have my own theories. I will offer them, of course. You can start calling now or wait till I give my own thoughts. It's up to you. 1-8-Prager-776-877-243-776. I'd like to explain the concept of collective wisdom for a moment. I I read, I cannot verify this is true, but I believe it. You know, it's a sort of contest at, at carnivals, state fairs, they have this. Anyway, you probably have seen the big jar with jelly beans, and you're asked to guess the number of jelly beans in the jar very rare that anybody gets it right, of course. But here's the interesting thing. I don't remember the the number, but some number of people guessed, I don't know, 100, 500, and the average of the guesses turned out to be closer than anybody's individual guess. That's called collective wisdom. Just thought you'd find that of interest. I'd like to look that up to see if I can verify that it's true. But it it was worth relating just to explain the concept of collective wisdom. A lot of young women are troubled. I mean, really troubled today. The vast majority of young women who have rapid onset gender dysphoria, that their bodies change and they announce, "Uh uh-oh, I don't want that, I'm really a boy, something that happened almost never in American or Western history, is now an epidemic, if you will, of teenage girls saying that they're boys. This is completely manufactured by society, it is not natural to the individual to think they're the other sex. And in the past, in any event, it was far more common for men to dress up as women than for women to say that they are men. Not dress up as men, say they are men, and even have their breasts surgically removed. I'm not confining this to the issue of rapid onset gender dysphoria. I just noting it as an example 
of a movement toward troubled young women. Why do you think that is? By young, I'd only mean teenage, but in their 20s. There's no doubt that this is true. Why do you think it is happening? You may be a young woman. You may be the parent of a young woman. I'm talking now about teens and all the way through the age of 30. How many of them are disturbed, are unhappy, just at the very least. I've, I've certainly covered men and the, and the issue with men. I don't, there is not rapid onset gender dysphoria, for example, among teenage boys who say one day I'm a girl, nearly to the extent that it appears among young women, just to give one example doesn't mean that we do not love these people and try to help them, although the society is not trying to help them. It is trying to affirm their troubled soul, not to untrouble their troubled soul. Anyway, why do you think that is? Why do you think we are talking about so many unhappy young women? In no order of importance... Because there are so many factors involved, I think that a terrible, I want to say game, but it's not a game, something terrible has happened to women. They have been told to defy their nature by society. Women naturally yearn for a bond with a man. I know that lesbians do not yearn for a bond with a man. I'm well aware of that. I'm well aware of the fact that there are some women who are not lesbian who just yearn to be alone without a man the rest of their life. If you cannot talk about the broad generality, then you cannot have any wisdom. Wisdom is what is true for the vast majority of people, not for the very, very different. Otherwise, nothing can be ever offered as advice. Seatbelts save lives, but on occasion they kill the inhabitant by trapping them in a burning car, for example. There are people who have been killed because they wore a seatbelt but it does not negate the fact that seatbelts save lives. Okay, so I am speaking about the great, great generality. Women want to bond with a man and give birth with a man present who is committed to her. That is female nature. Females have been told that what I have just described is patriarchal drivel. That is not their nature. What will really bring them happiness is not a good husband and a family. What will really make them happy is a good career. And in the meantime, they can hook up with men whenever they want, and that will satisfy their emulating the male in the human species. Over time, I think that has been a recipe for female misery. There is no, truly there is no celebration of the female. That which is feminine and female within you is to be suppressed. That is the message. It is not a message of happiness. Most young women I meet are not yearning to find a man. They are yearning to work on their studies and or career. We return male-female hour. Anyway. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here, the male-female hour, every Wednesday, second hour. Why are so many young women, I'm talking about teens and uh, 20s, it's true for later, but I want to talk about women under 30, essentially. Why are so many depressed, anxious, unhappy that's the topic today. Twice the rate of men, by the way, just in case you're wondering why I just didn't say why are young people in general, but young women double the rate by all the data that I have seen, and it might be even more than that. So one reason that I gave, I'm very interested, obviously, in hearing your reasons, which we'll go to momentarily, is that women have, for now two generations, been told that their natural yearning to marry and have a family is actually not natural to being a female and is probably an inferior ambition to being like a man and being career-oriented rather than family-oriented and having sex like men, and that is with the ability to have it and enjoy it with no commitment, no attachment, which is, again, something that runs against female nature. That there are females who enjoy that is a fact but so is the fact that seatbelts kill. It's a rare fact and irrelevant to understanding what is going on. So they, uh, another one, another reason, I believe, is that they don't have a man. I would love to see, I have not been able to find it, I'd like to see the rates of depression among single women in their 20s and married women in their 20s. Be very interesting to compare the rates of unhappiness. If you can, these things are all non-completely objective. It is what height you are is an objective fact. How happy you are is a subjective fact. Two people might experience the same levels of happiness and one might say they're happier than the other. Nevertheless, having said that, I would still be interested in knowing the happiness level of married women at 25 and single women who have no man in their life. So let me be as blunt as possible. The old feminist saw a woman without a man is like a fish without a bicycle. Or the other way, a woman needs a man like a fish needs a bicycle, has been a recipe for misery because, in fact, women need men. I'm talking about heterosexual women and not the 3% who are gay. I don't know if the depression rates among gay women are higher than among heterosexual, married gay women versus married heterosexual women. It would be interesting to find out. But 
what is applicable here is to the 97% of women who are not gay. In other words, a woman without a man is not like a fish without a bicycle. Woman without a man is like a fish that is struggling to get enough oxygen because it gets pulled out of the water too often. Oh, Kenoki, everybody. Monrovia, California. Kathy. Hello, Kathy. Hi, Dennis. Hi. Thank you so much. Uh, and I got to tell you, you have been a huge factor in my life, and I really appreciate uh, your wisdom. Thank you. Good. I've, I've been teaching for 26 years, and I've watched the young girls. Used to be moms at home, and they were valued. By, they wanted to be mothers. Today, it's a rare occurrence. And here's what it boils down to for me. Women don't know their purpose because it's, it's blurred. I was in the women fry up the bacon to bring it home, and you can do it all. And today, they need to reread Victor Frankl's book or read it at least, Man's Search for Meaning, because they're lost. They don't know what to do. That's right. They're lost. Somehow or other, it doesn't fulfill a woman as much as a man to say career. Right. And I thought career would fulfill me, and um, I couldn't do it all. Um, you can't. I tell my daughter that, but I let her go to school in San Francisco, so we'll see. <laughs> That's funny. That, oh, my God. Yeah. So, so, Dennis, what do you think about the man's role of valuing the woman at home? Well, you know what I think. So, yes, uh, I think that's a part of the problem. Well, it's part of the problem only when there's a man. We're we're not even at that problem yet. There's no man to value most women when they're in their twenties, and they don't give a damn in many yes. cases because of the reasons you pointed out and I pointed out. Yeah, you'll be happy. Just get into a prestigious college and have a career in banking. You will really be a happy woman. That is truly the road to happiness. It's not even the road to happiness for men, but it is more so for men. I mean, the sexes are not the same. Okay, let's see here. Stephen in Los Angeles, hello. Hi, Dennis. How are you? Okay, thank you. I completely disagree with the premise here because I don't believe that women are being told that they should not be going after a man or that their yearning, you know, their desire to be with a man is unnatural. I do agree that there's a lot of women who are, you know, being told, uh, or, or I would say that there's a lot of women being told that it's okay to not, you know, be with a man right now or to not yearn for a man right now and focus on your career. And so basically, I think at the end of the day, it comes down to a choice that women are given as opposed to having to fit, you know, in a certain structure of society that has been set up by, you know, history and everyone around them. Where do we differ? Well, you, I, I, you know, if I understand you correctly, I think you're saying that women are being told that they shouldn't you know, go after a man, and that is not part of their natural, you know, gender and this kind of talk, um, and and that's what's leading them. So, to do, or do we? Okay, do do you agree with me? And it's you know, I don't care if you do or not. I just want to know, though, to for the to make this conversation clearer to me and to listeners. Do you think that women are raised that getting married is as important as a career? No, I, I, okay. I don't think oh, that's the case. All right. Then I don't know where we differ. Back in a moment. Oh, everybody. Whoa, nicely done, Dennis. I got to say, very few people blow it on the opening hello. So that that's not easy. Let me try that again. Hello. I did it. I, you see, I repeated the mistake, which means I know what caused it, and then I won't do it again. The trick in life is to repeat your mistakes. 
That is a perfect example of something that sounds rational and it's completely absurd. <laughs> yes, if you repeat your mistake, you know exactly what to, what to avoid the third time. Uh, did you know that China and India are ramping up coal production? And this country, we're entering a truly scary phase. The odds are that this horrible human being named Joe Biden and his horrible party named the Democratic Party, backing him, will declare a state of emergency over global warming. So here is an interesting question. Just occurred to me. Since it's global warming, is any other country declaring a state of emergency over global warming or climate change, as it is called? Hmm. Even Canada hasn't done that yet. And Canada is considerably less free than the United States. The very fact that we have talk radio is an example that there really is an opposition voice on the airwaves of the United States that doesn't exist anyway, not just in Canada, but anywhere else. Everything they called Trump is exactly what they are. Trump, oh, dictator, he's a dictator. Well, he's not really a dictator. He wants to be a dictator. Hmm. But that's what they want. They can't get it through the courts, and they can't get it through legislation, so they'll get it through the executive that's called a dictatorship. It doesn't bother half of the American people who have bought the idea that they their children will not live a normal number of years because of global warming. After all, look at the temperatures in Texas and other states now. I mean, they're just terribly hot. That's true. However, if you are interested in truth, you should not ask what is going on in Texas or some other state. You ask what is happening on the globe. And the globe is not experiencing record high temperatures at this time or in this year. In fact, I was just reading, and I'll have to, I'll have to find that because the, the temperatures are not, in fact... What uh, is a good one? Yeah, there's a Wall Street Journal editorial about the Europeans. Temperatures in Portugal are reaching 115 Fahrenheit. Wildfires are blazing in some areas. France topped 100. Spain and Italy are sweltering. Parts of the United Kingdom are bracing for temperatures of 104 Fahrenheit. So the the editorial goes on to say, these numbers might not impress residents of Arizona or Baghdad, but Northern Europe is less equipped to cope. The vast majority of homes lack air conditioning, and many public places also lack adequate cooling, including some U.K. hospitals. How could that be? How could U.K. hospitals not have air conditioning? Well, because they're run by the government. Add the danger to the elderly and those with chronic conditions such as asthma that make them more vulnerable, and it's not unusual for European countries to suffer hundreds of deaths during extreme summer weather. Note that word weather, which varies often to extremes. The climate lobbyists in media and politics blame every turn in the weather on climate change, and the world has warmed Guess how much the world has warmed since the late 19th century? I have it in Celsius. Since so late 19th century, so let's say about 1880, that's 120, 140 years. You know how much the world has warmed? That's about the beginning of the Industrial Revolution. 1.1 degrees Celsius. Now, I probably should look that up. Convert 
1.1 degree Celsius to Fahrenheit. Then I got 11. They didn't do 1.1. Come on, guys. I know why. I didn't press a dot. I can't blame them. Okay. This is weird. Hmm. I'll have to figure it out during the break. Anyway, it's uh, that's been the entirety of the of the raising of temperature. Europe in recent decades has spent hundreds of billions of dollars reducing its carbon dioxide emissions emissions which are now half of their 1990 level in emissions per dollar of GDP. These reductions have come at the cost of less reliable energy and greater vulnerability to Vladimir Putin. Even if one believes carbon emissions alone cause any and all climate changes, further European emissions reductions will do nothing to alter global temperatures without much bigger cuts from China, India, and developing countries in Africa that are not going to happen. This is all a masturbatory experience on the part of the left. Let's do what brings us pleasure, but doesn't produce anything but pleasure. There is no good being achieved by these policies in the United States of America. Simple as that. Nothing is happening. It is inconsequential. Or Germany, or Belgium, or UK... While, while India and the two most populous countries in the world increase dramatically their use of coal, which is considered the dirtiest of the energy producers. It's all a matter of feeling good. Moral onanism, that is the term I have used for the left for some time now. As European leaders boast about supporting net zero emissions targets in 2050 when they are long gone from office, they aren't investing nearly enough in mitigation and adaptation in 2022. Suffer now, uh, stupid citizens. Suffer. Because we're going to save the world 30 years from now. That's, that's, the, that's the view. That's right. If they've convinced, if they're convinced climate change is an emergency... This failure to do anything to make life more livable today and in the coming years is inexcusable. A plan for emission reductions 30 years from now is no plan at all for Europe's real and present weather emergencies. Ordinary Europeans will pay the price again this week for their leader's folly, but it's going to be worse here. I wrote in 2020 that the lockdowns over covid the title of my piece was A Dress Rehearsal for a Police State. And I was unfortunately, tragically, sadly, right. That's all it was. It was, it was medically useless, but it was a way for the government to see how much it could get away with in completely suppressing the rights of its citizens. And the answer is, if they just say emergency... People will do anything, including most churches and synagogues, nearly every one of them. The only place I could look to for saying there is something higher than secular irrationality and the utter failure of most synagogues and churches was the most depressing part of the last two years, two years which had a lot of depressing things in them. When rabbis, priests, and ministers turn out to be wimps, I don't know where to look for strength. Simple as that. And that's all they turned out to be. They were as sheep-like as teachers. And you can't get more sheep-like than teachers in the last two years. Mask kids. They're starting to do that again in San Diego. Not just these few hours, but I've been waiting since Hi everybody, Dennis Prager here. I was just discussing the show with Sean. And now I'm back on. Some serious discussions behind the scenes here. 
It is a little difficult because it sounds, it doesn't sound humble, but I am more committed to the truth than I am to sounding humble. I have been right on virtually every major issue for the last 40 years. I say 40 because in two weeks it will be 40 years that I'm broadcasting. But this is not a boast. I don't have any interest in boasting. I have interest in your thinking, hmm, this guy is a conservative and he's been right on every issue. Maybe that's a way to look at life that has more moral and intellectual depth to it than the opposite. Remember when Angela Merkel shut down her nuclear plants? It was, I, th- I think that might have been, I know it was under her administration that I said, came up with my phrase, Germany is always wrong, which is a painful thing because my closeness to some Germans in my life, but it is what it is. Everybody has to deal with embarrassment. What, what's happening to America is very embarrassing. Anyway, when she shut down the nuclear pants, pants, that's funny. She shut down those pants. <laughs> nuclear pants, not just any pants. It was pure emotion. Leftism is pure emotion. Pure. That's why it's very difficult to fight. Emotions in most people are more powerful than reason. Nuclear power, if you were honest about worrying about climate change, if the environmentalist movement were not just fanatics, but actually were committed to truth, they'd have been the biggest advocates of nuclear power. It's clean, and it works. Unlike solar, it doesn't work when there's no sun, and wind when there is no wind. This works. It's unbelievably safe in the latest iterations of nuclear power plants are safer than ever. Senator Dianne Feinstein, a long nuclear energy critic, said last month she had changed her mind about California's last nuclear plant at the the Diablo Canyon. Closing it, she said, makes little sense under these circumstances, unquote. Even before the current global energy crisis, today's Wall Street Journal, experts warned for years that nuclear phase-outs like Germany's would crunch energy supply at a time when countries are shifting from fossil fuels to meet climate mandates. Nuclear energy has been on the decline for decades. In 1996, it provided about 17% of global energy production. Today, it's around 10%. Mind-boggling. We are governed by fools. After the 2011 Fukushima accident, anti-nuclear sentiment swept the world, with Japan and Germany leading the way to complete nuclear phase-outs. Impressive. In the U.S., 12 reactors have been closed since 2012. Impressive. Also. The Energy Information Administration projects that the nuclear share of American power generation will decline to 11% by 2050 from 20% today. But some countries are reconsidering. A prime example is the European Union's recent decision, this is big, to classify nuclear energy as green potentially opening up billions of euros in investment. EU member states are also beginning to act. Belgium's Green Party did an about-face. In other words, Belgium, like all the other Green Parties, they were dead wrong. 
They were ruining the societies in which they live with their idiotic, destructive, anti-nuclear ideology. But it doesn't matter, because being on the left means never having to say you're sorry. I came up with that about 30 years ago. You think these all these greenies will go, gee, we misled you and ruined the society and made this inflation what it is. We really screwed you, our fellow citizens of Belgium. You think they'll say that? Of course not. They don't even think it. Self-criticism is not a general trait among humans, and it is not existent on the left, because they they judge themselves on the left by their intentions, and they know they mean well. So if you mean well, and only the left means well, the rest of us are homophobes, Islamophobes, uh, what else are we, what other phobes, uh, xenophobes, you name it, we're phobes. Racist, sexist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, you name it. You name it. That is exactly right. Remember that leftists judge themselves by their motives. That's the key to understanding the left. And they are certain they mean well. And they might. That's why motives don't mean a damn thing. Belgium's Green Party did an about-face to extend the life of the country's remaining two reactors by a decade. Poland is building its first plant. Czech Republic plans several reactors. Though France once flirted with shutting down 14 of its 58 reactors, the country is now doubling down on nuclear energy, including next-generation designs. The Dutch government is moving toward construction of two new plants. The Netherlands has even urged Germany to keep its remaining nuclear plants online, though Berlin remains stubborn. Berlin remains stubborn. I love that, because Germany is always wrong. It's an amazing thing. Germans are paying through the nose. The middle class is deeply affected by the price of energy in Germany. But they're still closing down nuclear plants in Germany because of Fukushima which should have taught you, if anything, how safe, even in the worst possible circumstances, nuclear power plants really are. Back in a moment. The Dennis Prager Show. Here's a headline that is straight out of the Book of the Absurd. This is the largest book in, the, uh, in America today. Newsom, this is the L.A. Times, Newsom slams red state governors on D.C. trip. Spoke stoking speculation about his future. Now, let me tell you something, folks. If I've ever seen presidential material, it is Gavin Newsom. Governor Gavin Newsom said he's frustrated with Republicans and Democrats. He's tired of conservatives criticizing California and rolling back rights. And he's irked that his own national party isn't fighting harder in the culture war. Really? Wow. The left isn't fighting. That's an accurate perception of life on his part, isn't it? Hmm. I assume he would support dictatorial powers because of a state of emergency. If you can call a state of emergency over global warming, remember, it's not a state of emergency in the United States. It's a state of emergency globally. But it will have no impact on the globe. We're a tiny percentage compared to India and China, both of which are ramping up fossil fuel use. If they won't, he said, he will. He pushed back in a recent television ad in Florida. In an interview Monday... And in a speech at Washington, D.C., Wednesday, as he accepted an education award 
on behalf of the state he governs. Oh my God. That's breathtaking. I didn't realize that. He got an award for the state of education in California. Sean, please look that up, would you? I want to know what group. Maybe it was the National Association for the Holding Back of Children. Called It has another title, the NEA, the National Education Association. This state's governor got an education award? I want you to know I pride myself in the ability to offer analogies. I can't think of one. Huh. I'll try, but I can't think of one. This is someone very proud of the state, that's sick and tired of the state getting bashed 24-7 by the right wing, Newsom said. The Frank Newman Award. Oh. I was up. I was a nominee. Frank and I, we, we, we go back. What is the Frank Newman Award? In recognition of coordinated approach to educating all students from preschool to post-secondary with explicit attention toward whole child supports and services, as well as its historic financial investments to ensure educational equity. Ah, they gave it away. Gave it away. That's right. Now, increasingly, virtually all California students will fail. That's equity, everybody. I deserve the Frank Newman Award, I gotta say. I can't take it, he said. Being bashed 24-7 by the right wing. Oh, you poor thing. State two out of three voters are Democrats. Uh, oh, wow. So he's urging people, he urged people in Florida to move to California. I, uh, If I were a Californian, I mean, excuse me, if I were Floridian, I would support it. I would pay for that ad. The more lefties who leave left Florida, the better it is for Florida. I hope his ad campaign works. And I live in California because it's irrelevant. If more lefties move here, the state is already being ruined by the left. So an additional number of left-wing voters won't matter, but it might matter in Florida. So I hope I hope his message works. I began the show reading to you from a New York Post piece on what's happening in Monticello. Thomas Jefferson's home. It is now an exhibit about what a a lousy human being Jefferson was and what a lousy country built on slavery. The left ruins everything it touches. Monticello is just an example. Guides begin their outdoor tour of Monticello's gardens and grounds by invoking the Native Americans who once lived on the land. An artist exhibit called A Moment of Silence by Jabari Jefferson describes the lost history of enslaved inhabitants of Monticello. That's right. How this country has produced so many people who were ingrates for living in the freest, most affluent place ever devised by humanity, largely inhabited by people who are actually quite nice, is an an amazing thing. Historians will wonder, why did the West commit suicide, and especially America? How is it good to so many people? 
and was considered bad. How does that land come to be in European possession? A guide named Justin asked an unresponsive group of vacationers from Germany. A lot of violence, right? It must be a little odd for foreigners to come to America, go to the man who wrote the Declaration of Independence, All Men Are Created Equal, founded the freest country in world history, and hear how bad a country it is at the home of the man who wrote the Declaration of Independence of the United States. It must be a little jolting. Placards with conversation starters on the topic of civil rights, festoon or patio outside the snack shop. Is all men are created equal being lived up to in our country, one reads? Where is it actually on earth practiced? Is all it is all men are created equal being lived up to? In what country is it lived up to? Folks, visit the Dennis and Julie podcast that I do each week at the Salem Podcast Network or on YouTube. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.